0: Hello, my name is Praise, and welcome to the Roundtable Club Podcast. I'm your host, Praise, once again, and today we are going to be discussing a lot. I know it's been a very, very long time since I've uploaded anything. I've been trying to get people on, um, well, more more of the familiar faces that you guys are used to, such as Connor and Grace and Jesus and Abel on but they are busy at the moment so i'm going to start doing these by myself uh and see how it goes for the next few weeks so you guys let me know if you like it uh like i said give me some feedback uh and i'll keep doing them and i'm also gonna try to do one on youtube right after this uh so check that one out i'm gonna probably just put it as like the praise show shower Anchor Movie Talk uh episode 1 and stuff like that along that nature. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, um let's get started with our with like my first bit of news, so I kind of wanted to talk more about this year in review. Uh with this episode, I was hoping to have more guests on, but obviously that's not possible at the moment. Uh so what I wanted to do was talk to you guys about my top five films of the year and my top five anticipated movies of the year. Now You're probably wondering why I didn't mention a, like, top five worst movies of the year. And I'm about to tell you the reason why I don't have those two things on my, like, why I'm not evaluating those two things, uh, only because, one, I don't, I tried to avoid seeing a lot of bad movies this, uh, this past year, and I'm glad to say that I didn't really, I didn't really see a lot of bad movies, uh, so I'm I'm glad that I can say that. And also, I don't want to name um, label a movie as the worst movie because I know a lot of people worked hard on it. And that is also another reason why I am disdaining or staying away from calling something the worst film and things like that. Uh, and it just makes me feel bad because I wouldn't want someone to tell me that uh, or at least someone to do that to a movie that I worked hard on. So... In tandem those are uh those are the two reasons mostly why I'm just sticking to top anticipated and uh top movies of the year and then uh I'll also get into some awards discussion in terms of the golden Globes which is which just uh passed through and also the critics choice awards um that happened this past week <clears throat> and where the awards race is at the moment so starting and then also maybe a review of um a couple big trailers and some announcements <clears throat> So, without further ado, let's start with my top five movies of the year. My top five movies of the year, in no particular order, is Black Panther, um, Vice, um, hmm, what else? I should have wrote this down before I started, but uh, Avengers Infinity War, obviously. And also, Isle of Dogs. Okay, so Avengers, Infinity War, Vice, Black Panther, Isle of Dogs. And what else? Huh. Oh, and A Quiet Place, of course. So those are not my top five. A Quiet Place, Avengers, Infinity War, um, Black Panther, Vice, and Isle of Dogs. So I'll go through each each of the five and explain why I really like the movies that uh, came out this year starting off with Black Panther um directed by Ryan Coogler I believe that came out in February if I'm not wrong or early March one of the two uh and it stars Chadwick Boseman Michael B. Jordan Lupita Nyong'o Letitia Wright uh Forrest Whitaker and um many other big names, uh, Angela Bassett and so on and so forth. The movie follows Black Panther after his debut in Civil War. Um as he kind of deals with the challenges of becoming king and uh the the uh and trying to learn how to be Black Panther in that regards and uh be there for his people and also for the world. Now, there are many reasons why I really, really enjoyed this film. It's one of those films, to me, that I saw so many times in the theater. I loved every minute of it. Um, I love Ryan Coogler as a filmmaker and his work with Michael B. Jordan and his work with others. Um, He worked with Michael B. Jordan previously on Fruitvale Station, which I fell in love with. And also, he worked on Creed, which is also something he made with Michael B. Jordan. They're kind of like a Marty Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio kind of thing more uh, african-american version of them and um they're both very very talented and with this film uh chadwick boseman who you may know from 42 and get on up and the third good marshall Marshall movie that came out this recent year as well um it seems like chadwick boseman has like is the go-to guy for playing every african-american or big african uh, powerful american person in history Uh, Probably except for Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, um, who he hasn't played yet. Uh, But nonetheless, uh, this movie was very, very entertaining. I gave it, I believe, an 8 out of 10 or 9 out of 10. It's really, really good. I enjoyed the story, the pacing, the writing. Uh, One of my favorite scenes of the year was when um, Killmonger and Black Panther had their scene together. And he... Goes back to Wakanda to confront T'Challa for the throne, which I thought was a very well-written scene, and the way he exposed who he was to the to the council was very entertaining. As well as the uh, fight choreography was amazing. The fights and the culture and setting us into this world was very very rich, and it's something I'm never going to forget as a uh, as a person who watches movies daily and often. So that was one, uh and then the only thing that I didn't like, uh so those were the strengths are uh, the script, the acting, the performances. The only weaknesses for me were was the ending fight scene. Um, other than that I liked everything else. And um I guess I'll move on. Uh so the next film I'm gonna be talking about is a quiet place, directed by John Krasinski. I believe that came out March like early March seventh or Something around those lines, uh, starring John Krasinski, written by John Krasinski, uh, alongside Emily, or or, uh, he stars in it, writes it, and directs it. Other stars include Emily Blunt, Noah Jupe, Millicent Simmons, and they play the rest of his family members, and he plays the patriarch, and the story is about a a family who tries to survive in a post-apocalyptic world in which they are not allowed to make any sounds. Uh, or they will alert these uh, beings or entities to kill them. So I don't even know where to start with this film. To me, one of the most bone-chilling scenes of the year as well, Um, a highlight for me, was the tension building in the middle. Also, these are going to be filled with spoilers. Um, Or at least if I do slip spoilers, this is your warning. I didn't uh, spill any spoilers for Black Panther. Uh, But like I said... Uh, there's just there's two scenes that really really amazed me and it was one where the kids and John Krasinski were trying to protect the mother Emily Blunt while she was giving birth Um, and since they're not allowed to make any sound they had to masquerade her sound with an even louder sound and the way that was edited and the way the sound and visuals worked in that scene were was so prevalent and so strong and bone-chilling and also, going back to another scene earlier that was set up perfectly throughout the majority of the movie was the nail scene where uh, she steps on the nail, full on the nail, and she. To me, that was like one of the most toughest scenes to walk and watch in the whole entirety of the year, uh, because like she like she was pregnant and she didn't expect the nail and the nail went all in her foot and it was just bad it was just terrible and that was one of those scenes that i was like oh my god like ugh that was one of my favorite scenes of the year um the way that was shot and everything like that and the way she reacted to it as well as the scene where they're listening to music and dancing with one another because it seems so real only uh due to the fact that john krasinski and emily blunt are married in real life which added an extra layer of such real authenticity to it so, I and the kid, the child performances were amazing. So, strengths were John Krasinski's direction, the sound, the score, the premise, the concept, and the writing and the acting was amazing. Uh, very few weaknesses in the film. Uh, I don't really have too many weaknesses for it uh, unless I want to get nitpicky, but even then, there's not really anything nitpicky for me to be about in this regard. So, uh, yeah, that's why I'm not really going to be nitpicky about that. Uh, the next film I'm going to be discussing is Vice. I saw it recently. Uh, stars. It's directed by Adam McKay, who did The Big Short, and oh, and also A Quiet Place is John Krasinski's debut feature film as a director. So he directed that, and that's his first film. Uh, with Adam McKay, he directed him films like Anchorman and um, Talladega Nights, and you may have known him from that stuff. But recently, he did do The Big Short with that stacked cast of Christian Bale, Brad Pitt. Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, and so on and so forth. With this film, he kind of worked alongside Christian Bale once again and Steve Carell once again. Uh, This didn't involve Will Ferrell for some reason. I wonder why he hasn't worked with him on a drama yet. I think that those two would be perfect for a drama. And the film follows the, the Bush administration and... Dick Cheney specifically, while serving his term as Vice President. And the film was very well written. The strengths of the film were, oh yeah, it stars Christian Bill, Amy Adams, Steve Carell, Sam Rockwell, uh, as well as Jesse Plemons. uh, Amongst other big name stars and such, and Tyler Perry as well. I love this film. It was very well written. I love the way Adam McKay explains things and the way he his dialogue feels is so right and so nice. And there's something about it kind of like mid 90s, um, which was another film that I really, really like. And that's a part of and I'll mention that in my honorable mentions later. And the film was kind of just chronicle was like a timeline chronicle of Uh, Dick Cheney's life Christian Bale did amazing And the way the film was shot And the way the film looked was amazing Uh, I loved every second of watching it I loved A.B. Adams' performance She was such a strong individual And she played so well With Christian Bale's Dick Cheney And sometimes even better Uh, And I loved it And Steve Carell was just a joy to hear uh, In the film And see his banter with Christian Bale's Dick Cheney And so on and so forth the, so yeah, the strengths are the acting, writing, cinematography, score, uh, weaknesses are, it kind of like, it was really long and you can feel it. The movies are close to three hours, I think, or if it wasn't, it was near Felt like it. And the ending was a little bit over the, like, kind of like beat you over the head with the message it was trying to send, which is something I didn't really like, but, um, nonetheless, it was still a great movie. And I do truly suggest that you go and see it. Uh, So I talked about Black Panther, Quiet Place, Vice. Okay, so Isla Dogs, directed by Wes Anderson, uh, who you might know from Grand Budapest Hotel, and uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, and a sleuth of many other films. This film stars Greta Gerwig, Jeff Goldblum, Bill Murray, Ed Norton, uh, Brian Cranston and a bevy of other big-name celebrities. Uh, This film just kind of follows a pet owner who looks for his pet within a trash island of dogs, um, or a a trash island that is occupied by dogs because of an era or a law that he's living in. Uh, The film was very, very nice. It felt warm. I liked the way... Um, Adam McKay planted things throughout the film, or not Adam McKay, Wes Anderson, and also the voice cast was amazing, those were one of the strengths, the dialogue was amazing, Uh, the animation was beautiful, and they still felt real even though they were um, stop motion, and uh, yeah, those are the strengths, it's just that, and then the weaknesses are, uh, this one I didn't find too many weaknesses with either, I enjoyed the film throughout. So uh, I think I gave it. A, uh, I'm I'm gonna give it like a seven out of ten, and then with uh, Vice I'll give that one an eight or a nine out of ten. Man, with Black Panther I gave it eight or nine, and then with Black Panther Vice and A Quiet Place I'm giving a ten out of ten because I think that film is just too. Re- it's just too good. Uh, my next film is Avengers Infinity War, and. I don't know what else i can say about this movie It's directed by anthony and joe russo who did captain america winter soldier and civil war before infinity war written by marcus and mcfeely uh christopher marcus and stephen mcfeely who wrote captain america the first avenger winter soldier so on and so forth and i mean they also wrote throw the dark world and uh but they also wrote avengers infinity war the movie stars Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Tom Holland, Benedict Cumberbatch, Mark Ruffalo, Benedict Wong, Leticia Wright, um, who else? Scarlett Johansson, amongst the many other people. Uh, Paul Bettany, and who can forget the Guardians? Uh, Bradley Cooper as Rocket Raccoon, Vin Diesel as Groot. Dra- Dave Bautista's Drax, uh Chris Pratt as Star-Lord, uh Zoe Saldana as uh Gamora, Karen Gillan as Nebula, and I forgot that other lady's name that plays Mantis, but whoever she is, she's amazing. Um overall the strengths in this film were definitely the script, the character interactions, and uh this movie I believe came out April April uh 7th or 28th or something i think it was april early april but uh earlier mid april and um like i said the strengths were the script the character interactions were solid um we got to see things that we never thought we'd be able to see on screen in such a different way and seeing the, what happened at the end was very very those uh people are calling it this generation's empire strikes back which is kind of where it kind of is but i'm um, still placing judgment on how much, uh, how much weight this will hold, because as we all know, um, majority of these, these characters are coming back, believe it or not, that's spoiler alert, but, I mean, you, it was bound to happen, Black Panther is gonna come back, Spider-Man is gonna come back, we just saw a trailer for Far From Home, now, although that, I'll get to that later, um, it's not like they're gonna kill those characters off, and Marvel doesn't really know how to kill off their people, except for Quicksilver, who's been the, the most, The only permanent death in the MCU So in that regards Oh yeah and also Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch Um, And Tom Hiddleston as Loki Chris Hemsworth as Thor I forgot about Thor And um, yeah the film was great Uh, Josh Brolin was king in this movie His screen time was amazing The fact that he had so much And his, uh, his performance stunned me Uh, He truly is the Darth Vader of our generation. Um, I mean, he's not quite up to par as Darth Vader, but he's in the vein. um, In terms of, like, when you talk about big villains and villains that were worth the weight. he's definitely it. And um, he really reminded me of the anime villains that you see on, like, shows like My Hero Academia and things like that. And Attack on Titan, where it's very interpersonal, but also very big, because um, because of the way he acted with Gamora and such, and, uh, yeah, those are the strengths was his performance, Robert Downey Jr.'s, the cast in general, uh, the script was very strong, the visual effects, the cinematography, um, weaknesses were that you kind of knew the deaths weren't going to stick, so, um, I mean, I still enjoyed the moment of losing them and such, uh, spoiler, But uh, I'm kind of waiting to hold judgment on this movie because I don't know how it's going to fully end yet. So yeah, those are my top five films of the year. And my most anticipated right now, my top three anticipated are just It, Chapter 2, Avengers, Endgame, and... Shoot, what else? Avengers, Endgame, It, Chapter 2, and also The Lion King. Those are my top three Right now, uh, most anticipated, I am very excited for It Chapter 2. It's going to be directed by Andy Muschietti again. Uh, The Lion King, directed by Jon Favreau. And then also Avengers Endgame, directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. So, starting with It Chapter 2, the adults are going to... This is part two, and the adults are now going to be taking over the story. um, With a little bit of the kids sprinkled in, uh, in flashbacks and stuff. I'm really excited for this movie, I miss it, Uh, I love the first movie, I'm a big fan of the first movie, Uh, all the kid actors were brilliant in it, and this was Stranger Things before Stranger Things was Stranger Things, so uh, Finn Wolfhard was in both, he's amazing, and the the cast that they got to play these kid actors as adults were amazing, amazingly cast, and I can't wait, and I can't wait to see what Annie Muschietti does with it. Uh, as well as Bill Skarsgård and his performances pennywise I can't wait to see what other lanes he goes to with that especially because I don't know how because the second part and the mini series is kind of boring and the adults are usually the boring part but hopefully the movie makes it more interesting like a conjuring feel and or a saw feel early saw feel and things like that um because I'd really like to see it happen and make it like just see it do well and I'm very excited for that. Avengers Endgame, of course, I just, like I said, I just want to see the ending of this movie and uh, the ending of this volume of films I've gone through and that I've seen throughout the majority of my life, and I can't wait to see it. Uh, what else did I say? The Lion King, I'm really excited to see um, John Favreau come back and this talented cast of actors put their spin on the Lion King movie and see where it ends up and see how it feels and how it looks in... It's all all of its CGI glory, um, as well as Aladdin and movies like uh, Star Wars Episode Nine, which are my next two. Um, I'm very excited to see how they play out, uh, especially the Episode Nine. And in the same vein as Avengers, I'm gonna hold judgment on the Last Jedi. With that, even though I'm yes, I'm not a fan. I've been kind of warming up to it lately. Uh, with if I accept the things that. Ryan Johnson gave, and I kind of have to now, no matter what, and I'm just kind of looking forward to see where they take the story from here, same with Avengers Endgame uh, but yeah those are my most anticipated films right now, it's also going to be directed by J.J. J. Abrams, and starring the same amount of people, but yeah, those are my most anticipated uh, yeah, and then going to awards season, so the Golden Globes just came by, and uh, Bo- Bohemian Rhapsody won a lot of the big awards and same with Vice and a lot of other movies and I was really excited with the results. Christian Bale won for his performance as Dick Cheney. Rami Malek won his, uh, for his performance as Freddie Mercury. Best Picture was taken home by Bohemian Rhapsody uh, which has happened twice now. I believe they took the SAG award as well for Bohemian Rhapsody and things like that. So... Bohemian Rhapsody is getting a lot of momentum going in. It seems like the early frontrunner, which was a Star is Born, is starting to lose a bit of steam. Uh, but they keep they keep getting the most nominations in every award show, so I'm not sure what that's about. But I uh, did predict earlier on, if you watch some of the other episodes, about Bradley Cooper. Although he's now respected even more for his work, I think he his his green is what's going to keep him away from getting an Oscar if it is if there is anything keeping him away Um, like he'll be nominated for a lot but he won't win anything like Greta Gerwig last year or Jordan Peele where they 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 will respect him the next time he makes makes a movie a big movie like this and They'll they'll be serious about it and he he might get a more award consideration then. But I think because he's so young, um and he's still new that I don't think he'll win as many awards, but he will get nominated for a lot and be honored that night in some way or another. So yeah, that's uh but yeah, it seems Bohemian Rhapsody is the underdog slash favorite to uh to win because a lot of they just keep winning all the big awards for some reason. So, uh, once again, I love the movie. That was also one of my favorite. Oh, yeah, my honorable mentions are that. Um, Mid-90s, which I loved, by Jonah Hill. What else? And if I think of any, I'll sprinkle them in throughout the majority of the movie. Um, Jumanji, I think that came out in 2017. Um, or 18. No, 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 that was in 2017. Okay, yeah, that's not that's not it. Take out Jumanji. Um, but, yeah, um, The Incredibles, also. The uh, Incredibles 2... Hmm. what else honorable mention oh and and into the spider verse as well so those are like my honorable mentions and um i also saw overlord that's an honorable mention um black clansman is an honorable mention and yeah so uh but yeah back to the awards consideration it seems like the movies that have been getting nominated, the majority of them seem like they're just being nominated to be nominated sake, uh, which sucks because I would, uh, but it seems like they are trying to spread the love throughout all the awards. Um, in the vein of what I think is going to happen at the Oscars, I will be making a prediction video soon, um, or a prediction podcast soon, so that I can be able to discuss this with a panel of guests and things like that, and or at least get my opinions on what I want to win at the Oscars and such. So, yeah, uh, the awards race is getting tight, and it's about to come to a close for the rest of the the year, come February, because the Oscar nominations are going to come out. Once those come out, I'll be talking about the Oscars in more depth. So, yeah, I'm waiting for those. And Moving on towards the final two topics. So, I wanted to kind of discuss uh, Spider-Man, the new trailer that just came out, Spider-Man Far From Home. Directed once again by John Watts, uh, starring Tom Holland as t- Spider Man and Peter Parker, uh, Marissa Tomei, Jon Favreau, Returns as Happy Hogan, Nick Fury, Samuel Jackson, Colby Smulders, Maria Hill, um, and introducing Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. Uh, this trailer was very, very, it still kept the tone. I loved the tone that it kept, which was the John Hughesian feel and um or the john hughes spider-man as they're calling him um jake gyllenhaal was well put in this trailer although i didn't think that we would even see him until the trailer the second trailer i'm glad we did get to see him and uh but this this trailer did show uh more than i thought it would show it's and also zendaya returns and jacob battle on ned leads and i loved um all of his friends and the supporting cast around him is amazing um Yeah, I'm really excited for the movie. They didn't need to show us everything, but they showed me enough for me to be on board. I'm really excited. Uh, My only questions and things of this nature are about how they CGI'd his passport to not show the year. Uh, I think though, now they really hearkened on that shot because they could have left that out and the trailer would have not missed the beat. But I feel like they put it in there for a reason, just like they CGI'd the stones out of Infinity War. It seems like they're doing the same thing here. I really, really enjoyed the fact that um, Marvel is being a lot more secretive with their projects, that they want to keep a secret, and details within details about um, what can change in continuity and things. So it was cool that they did that. Um, I had a theory, I know this is just a far-out theory, that Peter Parker, or Spider-Man, and this whole movie is taking place within the Soul Stone. I know that's a terrible theory, and that's not a theory that's been spreading out there, but I just like the idea of like him being trapped in the Soul Stone during this whole movie so he thinks it's real, but it's not. Um, especially given the fact that Mysterio is known as an illusionist and a trickster and things like that, it would feel right for him to be tricked in this scenario, thinking that it's real or that he's still alive and things like that, and that everything is fine. Or people have been also predicting that Spider-Man Far From Home is a... Ho- prequel to, not Homecoming, uh, but to Avengers Infinity War, because we do find Peter Parker in a bus. Now, the d- people are also arguing against the fact that he's in a regular school bus, and he didn't have any luggage in that bus. And we knew from before even Infinity War came out that he would travel in this next movie. So, but, the argument against that could be that they either put all the All of like those luggage and the trunk of the bus or um, the transportation, they got off the transportation bus and back onto their school bus and things like that, which also could be a good explanation. But I'm not looking for an explanation because I know that they'll have a correct answer. Um, I'm very excited as Jake Gyllenhaal being Mysterio. Uh, I kind of have a feeling of where the story is going to go, but nonetheless, I'm very excited that he's in it. Uh, Nick Fury, seeing him back is going to be very very cool because we haven't seen, seen him in it. Seen him in a minute. And same with uh, Maria Hill. Uh, yeah. And they really... F- One thing that I do want to commend Sony Pictures on is that they didn't show and reference anything in Endgame, which I thought would be the most difficult part, is how do you market this movie um, without spoiling Avengers Endgame or giving us any clues, and they did that perfectly, so I also want to comment uh, commend them on that. And overall, they seem to be doing right by the Spider-Man character. So, yeah. And then... My next bit of news, do we have any more news that I want to talk about? Actually, I feel like this is a good place to end it. Uh, So I'll talk about some things that um, has been going on and what's been going on with this podcast. I do want to do more with this podcast. I'm sorry for taking so long to to upload anything. Um, I will start doing reviews. Uh, When I do do them, you guys will know, and I'll also try to look for more entertaining topics. If I can bring somebody on, I will, so that I can be able to bring them on to the show. Um, I'm going to either, and I'm also going to have a YouTube version of this show, so please check it out. Um, like I said, there's also a Facebook page if you want to look for it. It's called the Round Table Club Podcast, so on and so forth. I do thank you guys for whoever's listening for staying with me, and I hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, I am doing this by myself for this go-around. Um, some recommendations that I want to give out are... I just, uh, like I said, watch those movies. I'd love to know uh, your top five. If you guys voicemail them to me or send them to me through a message, I'd love to hear them and why. I also have been writing a lot more, watching a lot more material, such as Impractical Jokers, which is a funny show. Um, I also have been expanding my horizons with the shows that I watch. Also, The Bachelor is back. I'm a big fan of The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Um, so I'm glad that's back on TV. Jersey Shore Family Vacation. I know I'm suggesting a lot of, like, reality TV right now, but I've just been in the midst of it. And what else? What else? The Last Picture Show I just watched, it was amazing, directed by Pierre v- um, starring Jeff Bridges amongst a bevy of other famous celebrities or used-to-be celebrities. Um, what else? A Bast- The Ballad of Buster Scroggins. Please watch that film, directed by Joel and... Ethan Cohen, um, very, two very capable directors, the Cohen brothers, and they directed that film, and it's amazing. And it stars a bevy of big gun names as well, such as Tim Blake Nelson, James Franco, and uh, many others. Uh, so, yeah, check that out. Uh, anything in TV? I haven't been watching too much TV lately, and if I have, I don't really remember. Oh, yeah, FF's for Family, I just started watching. It's a series created by Bill Burr on Netflix. It's amazing, it's funny, and I loved it. Uh, I guess for now that's mostly all. The, and then also Uncharted, I just finished. I played through the whole game and I beat it. And uh, I'm still on the last one. And I beat Jack and Daxter, the old video game trilogy called Jack and Daxter. And I loved every minute of it. It's a great game with the great premises and great concepts. And uh, now I'm moving on to finishing Uncharted, which uh, has also been a great series to play. And closing out with Horizon Zero Dawn as well. Thank you so much. Uh, Those are my recommendations. And like I said, guys, I'm sorry that this took so long to make. Um, I've been trying to keep um, keep at it and do what I need to do and do it well. So thank you so much for sticking with me. Uh, Hopefully we can keep on doing this and I can keep going along with it without having the need to look for a partner to do it with. Thank you and have a wonderful day
1: say like the top five really quickly and then um we'll just break it down right now because i think i just right. i think it just it went away so really quickly um our, our, i'm joined by connor webber i didn't even introduce you in the last piece <laughs> what i didn't even reintroduce you in the last piece kind, we kind of just started yeah, i
2: think you did i think you did you said i'm here back with connor and then yeah. i was like blah, 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 and then i just started talking but no yeah we're good no we're good
1: okay okay then well if um if you're listening to this, then it's episode three. Something just happened to our recording, so we're restarting it and we're not gonna, talk about it because we're gonna keep them up so long. So um, I'll mean start with your list really quickly, and then we'll just like go from there. Like we'll just I'll just comment on it while you're like after you're done saying your your mini review on them. Again.
2: Yeah. No. Yeah. Feel bad for anybody. or oh, feel bad for everyone because they're not they didn't get to hear the original because yeah. uh, we did go in depth and the Uh, but no, we'll just go a little quick, like a little quick reviews. All right, so. At number five on my 2018 is uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. What a great action piece. You know, I just, like, brought everything together for Chris McCrory, and I'm so glad that he's coming back for the next two. Um, So much fun, so much action, so great. Probably the best action movie I've seen in forever. Um, Going from there, I have Upgrade, uh, a movie that kind of flew under everybody's radar. I'm sure you saw the trailer because it's insane, but... Um, like I uh, produced by Blumhouse and the way he uh, has everything set up, Jason Blum, uh, he's on route to be one of the best producers of all times. So, uh, the way he has his business set up, uh, then after that, I had uh, at number three, I had Stars Born. uh, yeah, we were talked. we talked about, uh, how pretty much how Bradley Cooper was able to, like, uh, out, out of all the Dark Troll debuts to me, he was able to with the scale of this movie and how big it was and how well known it was that it just surprised me on how, how well it performed and uh, how good the movie actually is. Because um, it's hard to do something like that, to jump into something like Star is Born, you know? Um, you know, I'm sure, you know, hate me for saying this, uh, Bradley Cooper might have, been, might have uh, created a better Bohemian Rhapsody after seeing this movie, but that's, uh, just, that's just my opinion. Um, going from there, <laughs> we have, uh, Black Klansman, loved Black Klansman, came out at the perfect time, uh, in 2018. You know, it's something the world needed to see, uh, the relevance, even though it takes place in the 70s. The acting is great. Um, uh, Adam Driver, I pretty much love him and everything he has ever done. He's so good. um, Spike Lee I mean it's, it's just like watching a classic Spike Lee movie and it was great it was so so great to see something like that uh, so that's Black it and number one I had the favorite a movie to me that was uh, that had me on the edge of my seat the whole entire movie uh, the writing and the acting and you know directing you know it wasn't hugely directed movie but like it's just everything worked so well and it had me on the edge of my seat and I was laughing so hard and I was like oh, gasping and it was just Oh, man. Awesome. Uh, So, yeah, I spent that time.
1: And, um, all right, so, like, kind of going back to his list, um, we're going to start with his now because I'm I'm not going to go back to mine until, like, because I want you to be able to comment on mine. Um, Really quickly going through your list, uh, I loved A Star Is Born. It was amazing. And I said more things in the original, but I'm glad that I caught up before I really, really got into depth because now I can go back into depth. 'Cause I'm looking at the actual time that um the timestamp. So going back to a Star is Born, Riley Cooper did amazing work. Um, it was very untested because this is his first directed feature film and this is Lady Gaga's first major feature film. Um, in terms of like she has done T V work, so she's not like a first time actress, but uh this is her first time leading helping lead a big feature film production. Uh, so it was untested in that way. And if you've seen a screen prism, they did a video on the piece and how um, Hollywood loves retelling this story and why it's so important. Um, and if you if you like watched their, their take on this story and why it keeps being brought back into the mainstream. Uh, also not to mention what you were saying, the small scale intimate feeling of this film is amazing and amaz- is amazingly portrayed well I as mean, the box office, which is crazy because this was like the front runner for the longest time. Um and we're gonna get into this on Oscars so that I really want your opinion on this and the Oscar roundup later on. But um the fact that it was so mainstream so quickly was uh I'm glad that it did well at the box office. because um, it's mm-hmm. that audiences will go out to see different types of movies. Um and they're not we're not only there to see it it at least gave me faith that not, not only people don't only see Movies and blockbusters, they do love to go see something personal and things of that nature, and um, they do like meat to their stories outside of just the normal things that we usually uh, we usually um, that, um, that was really cool to see. Uh, and then yeah, so that was my uh, t- my take on the stars born. I loved it. Riley Cooper kept killing it. One day, I just want to meet him and shake his hand because I think he's a cool guy, but I also want to hear him like. My- talk about rocket raccoon and just that that role because like, that's like one of my favorite roles of his and he's done like every favorite role that i've ever thought about like face was also a good role like the one that he played at a team because it always made me laugh <laughs> all the stuff in that movie always made me laugh for some reason when i was a kid
2: <laughs>
1: like when he was like tied up and everything and he um yeah like liam neeson like breaks him out of that <laughs> situation <laughs> I always thought that was a funny movie. Um, and I, I'm so, I was so sad that they didn't do a sequel to that dude. Oh, it was so great. Anyways, <laughs> back to uh the next, the next. Wait, one. hold up.
2: Can I play something?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. About, about
2: Stars Born. So I'm looking at right now. I'm looking at the, the just the 2018 domestic gross. A Stars is Born is only 10 million away from passing Venom. Wow. Like a Venom is Venom is 11 and uh Stars Born is 12. Crazy. Everything, everything above a Star is, Born is either a massive franchise or a superhero movie.
1: Wow. That's saying something, cause like that first trailer, man. I think everyone really got hooked with that first trailer. Cause that first trailer. Oh was
2: man, so good,
1: so good. And I remember I was like, what is this, like? All I saw was Bradley Cooper and I clicked. I was like, damn. And then when it said written and directed by Bradley Cooper, I was like, I'm in. I don't care what this movie is about. I was in. Yep. Yeah. No, exactly. What? It's like the same way I felt when I saw the mid-90s trend. I was like, what? Written and directed by Jonah Hill? All right. I don't care. I'm in. <laughs> yep. Yep. I think, Um, but I love the the fact that we're starting to get these directors that when you hear their names, you will immediately go see their movie if you're like a film fan and stuff like that like John Krasinski with The Quiet Place this year, that was really prevalent. Um, so that was, um, but yeah, it's really cool that, um, that that movie made real money for the studio. And, um, and it was, although it was supposed to be an indie, it was kind of like indie mixed with like, um, like it had the indie feel, but it was mainstream in that regard because of um, you know, yeah. involved in the um, production. Uh, and then uh, the upgrade, I didn't really see it, but I'm hoping to see it. Uh, the Favorite, same thing. Uh, you said Black Klansman. I love Black Klansman. John David Washington. The, the oh yeah, wh- the the way I did it last time was I think it this as well. It could be directed and it and produced by Phillips or Todd Phillips, who he's worked with on the Hangover movies and so on and so forth. And I also believe I don't think Clint Eastwood produced it, but he said that he helped in some sort of way or whatever. I I hope he did. Yeah. because um, he did do development on the film at first, and uh. A couple other other of his friends to help produce the movie that he's been directed by, and what else? The it stars Sam Elliott, Lady Gaga, Dave Chappelle, and Bradley Cooper himself. Uh, strong cast. The whole idea of the story is about a, a young man, a young or a mu- an experienced musician. Putting a young girl in the spotlight or something of the sorts, and it's a remake of a remake of a remake of a remake. So fourth and yeah. It still feels so brand new, uh, and I loved every minute of it. And the movie was great. Um, I'm not gonna, for me, all my rankings are out. Uh, I don't really rank any of my movies, but I still love this movie very, very, very much. And uh, yeah, so that was one for me. And Black Clansman yeah, um, oh, the strengths with that with with um, a star is born is definitely the production value, the script, and the performances. The weaknesses for me was there wasn't really that many for me, so I'm not gonna really name any. Um, the black clansmen, John David Washington, and the driver starring in it, Laura Harrier from Spider Man Homecoming is also in it, and Topher Grace, from, who plays David Duke. Brilliant work done by Topher Grace. I'm um, it reminded me how I
2: love Topher Grace.
1: That that performance literally reminded me of how much I miss him um, on that '70s show and seeing him on a weekly yeah. basis and stuff and on TV. Um, but the fact that he came back with a role like this shows that he uh, that he still has style. It's just that maybe Spider-Man three really put a dent in his like rise to fame and, and same with like him being typecasted as those kind of characters. But um, I do love the fact that he played this character and he didn't play him as a villain and he didn't go over the top. He just played him normally which is what i liked about his character he didn't like feel very preachy and all that stuff and the way the um the strength of this movie was definitely the cast the script and the themes and the way the film felt and the way it looked was beautiful cinematography was on point the ending is amazing uh the very last thing especially and um so that was another one and then what was the okay so i don't know if i missed any the other ones that you the that you uh, let me make sure because I wrote it down while you were talking. Yep. And then Mission Impossible Fallout, uh, the last one that I watched on your list, uh, directed by Christopher McQuarrie, starring Tom Cruise, and Cavill, Rebecca Ferguson, uh, Angela Bassett, Michelle Monaghan, Simon Pegg, and Dean Uh This movie was amazing. Uh, I wasn't really, my dad was a Mission Impossible fan growing up um I, he always watched all those movies and had some of them on VHS um and I didn't know this but Brian De Palma directed the first Mission Impossible which I totally forgot um but he did start the franchise for that uh, but I really loved that movie. The pump pump of shotgun hands was the uh was to me my favorite part because it seems like everyone was waiting for that part because like, they marketed it so heavily in the trailer. <laughs> or, or gavel, but, um, but, and people kept saying that every time they saw him do that it was like, All right, Superman, like where was this guy at in the D C E U? But um but I loved him in that role. Um he was the perfect uh character he was playing and I loved every second of it. Um, I'm really excited, like you said, to see where Christopher Boy takes it. Uh, Top Gun, currently the second Top Gun is filming right now. And, oh, yeah. Um, what's the face? Tom Cruise is learning how to be an Air Force pilot now so he can actually fly the planes. Um, to me, if you put Stanley Kubrick and Tom Cruise in a room, I would love to see the movie that they come out with because you know damn well that everything in that movie is going to be real and there's going to be no bullshit with it. And it's going to win an Oscar. Wait, I mean. what those movie? Those two guys are crazy who stanley kubrick and uh, uh tom cruise because of like but you just say stanley kubrick yeah yeah stanley kubrick well the so stanley kubrick you know the story right well like about like his uh just like he had a disorder and stuff
2: no uh... well stanley kubrick died yeah. because but you know but he died right after he saw the movie with tom cruise
1: he died after he saw a movie with tom cruise why
2: No, no, no! Died right after he shot a movie. His last movie is is with Tom Cruise.
1: Really? I didn't know this.
2: It's it's called. Yeah, no, no, no. it's called. I don't know if it was big when it came out. Yeah. It's on Netflix. All right. It is the weirdest movie you were ever watched ever. Really? It's called Eyes. It is called Eyes Wide Shut.
1: Oh, I need to watch this film then.
2: Oh yeah, Nicole Kidman's in it too, I think
1: interesting wow let
2: me i I,
1: yeah i think it's nicole yeah they're both crazy as shit but their determination to film makes me uh such a film fan tom cruise's determination to this franchise is amazing um he is the american jackie chan kind of because he does all his own stunts and or does as many as he can he's also pushing a certain age, so it seems like he's starting to want to move on and be more of the mentor type figure, which is um, which is where he should be heading into his career. But I would, I still love the fact that he's leading his own movies and that he's a big box office draw. He is one of the last remaining superstars of uh, like a person you can actually call a legitimate box office draw superstar, uh, su- such as the such as like Rock doing the Rock Johnson or something. So, um, yeah, uh, those, uh, those movies I saw, the action are the and the script and the story was really good. Um, the weaknesses, I don't really, maybe I'm not like that much of a critic, but I enjoyed it. So I didn't really, I don't really have any weaknesses. Um, but yeah, I guess that's, um, that's everything for, or that's, how I felt, I feel like I really enjoyed your list and there are still some that I'm missing such as the favorite and so on and so forth. And, uh, I'm planning on watching them and then hopefully being able to get back uh get back to like review those as well. And uh, get mm-hmm. back to so like my list like I said mine was kind of generic. Uh the first so in order my list is I mean it's not ranked but this is like the order that I remember cuz that's how I remembered it. it. Was Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, Isle of Dogs, Vice and yeah, there was another I said Searching, but there was another one. I'm still trying to see why I can't remember this film. <laughs> it was a really good film, and I don't know why I don't remember it now, but it was good. I may have said Bohemian Rhapsody, but I don't know if that's accurate. Um, but whatever I said, I'll look back at it later. And, uh, so, starting from the I'm going to off this, but um, the reason why I chose these films, Black Panther, was because of not only the story, but I loved it. It involved one of my favorite scenes of the year. Oh, it was A Quiet Place. There you go. There you go. Okay. It was A Quiet Place. I'm not <laughs> I'll actually Yeah, no, I love that. Dogs, and I'll take out Isle of Dogs for A Quiet Place and Searching, and I'll keep that. So, um, Hey, that's a, that's another
2: uh, directorial debut. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, with, um, with, uh... Shoot.
2: John Krasinski.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so, like, yeah, I, um, those were, those were the films that I wanted to. Uh, with with Black Panther, I love Ryan Coogler. I ra- I love Chadwick Boseman and Michael B. Jordan and all the cast and the strengths of that film are obviously the script and the story. Um, it stars Jeff Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Lupita Nyong'o. The list, the cast goes on: Letitia Wright, Forrest Whitaker, um, Angela Bassett. Uh, the the cast is stacked. Oh, and I'm um, Denae Uh I almost forgot her in the first the first time I said it. Uh, it follows Black um Ch- T'Challa, uh as the new king of Wakanda. Um, following his debut of uh after Civil War and what happens there. Um, the themes are really uh for me the strength of the themes, the script, the cast, and um the fighting as well as but the weaknesses is also the CGI and the visual effects. Um, if you saw the ending, and that's the only thing I really didn't. The final battle is probably not the best, but um, its intention was was whole, but I just didn't like the whole visual look of it. And um, but other than that, um, Ryan Cougar is still killing it. He's three for three, uh, oh for three, or no, three for oh. There you go. Whatever the the, the tally is for that. He's basically three, perfect. Three and zero. Oh. Right um, but yeah, so he's perfect right now at the moment, and I'm that he continues on with his stride. And then moving on. Um, Avengers Infinity War, the blockbuster of the year. Directed by Joan Anthony Russo, starring Robert Downey Jr., um, Mark Ruffalo, Tom Holland, Chris Hemsworth, uh, Chris Pratt, Dra- uh, Dave Batista, uh, Bradley Cooper. The list goes on. Better than Cumberbats. And specifically, Josh Brolin as Thanos. I want to specifically praise his performance because I feel like him and the build up to him was so well worth it. His character arc and his development. I don't care what nobody says. This is a complete film. When people say that it's a that it's a um, people compared something. uh, It's a word that I don't know what it's called, but that it's um like it's a cliffhanger and that it's not a complete film. It is technically a complete film. Uh, they said that Thanos won. That was the ending. Now maybe in everyone's disbelief, in my opinion, I go with what the director say and what the studio says. And they say that he was the character of the whole movie. And if you saw the ending, the ending was about him, and it was his journey. So I really love the ending to it. Um, they people kept labeling it, labeling it the "Our Empire Strikes Back" or "This Generation's Empire Strikes Back" because of its relevance. Um, and I can I can't say that. I mean, in terms of story, it's not as good as Empire Strikes Back, but I can understand in the vein of what they were talking about. Um, and it was definitely a strong, powerful film of performances. The strengths were obviously the performance of Josh Brolin, specifically, um, who I want to give a special shout-out to, because he did amazing as a giant purple alien that has the feelings of Marlon Brando and The Godfather and fights like Darth Vader and has the mentality and strength of Darth Vader in um, early... Um, episode four and episode five and such. Uh, it was like the perfect marriage between those two characters, so I enjoyed it heavily, and um, I also want to praise the cast, the direction, the script, and the character interactions were amazing, and yeah, so that was my overall, and my weaknesses were probably that we didn't get enough i wish that movie was four hours long <laughs> um, but um too bad um but with marketing nowadays you can't really do that but um if it was i, I just wish for it to be longer and that was my that's the only weakness um but other than that i love the film and i can't for endgame um but i'm also i'm also keeping a placeholder for infinity war because i haven't seen endgame yet and depending on how that movie plays out I'll have an official, and that's the same way I feel about The Last Jedi, where at first I hated it, but I don't want to, I, I like kind of went back and watched it, and I was like, all right, there are some good moments to it, so I admit that I was wrong in that regards, but um, but I don't want to judge it completely until I see Episode Nine, and I feel the same way for Avengers Infinity War, because at the end of the day, not all those characters are dead, and the permanent deaths are what I'm going to look at and be like, okay, what type of risk is Marvel taking here? And how are they going to send off their characters because um, I know contracts are up and things like that and I'm just really psyched to see how they let like, go of their characters and how it's, how it's permanent um, how permanent is it and how it's going to affect the universe obviously. so um, yeah. you know characters are going to come back and, and as you saw in the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer which we're going to talk about later but there's also things that can be switched and I'm, we're going to talk about all those things later but yeah so I love the movie, and I can't wait for the next one. Uh, my next pick is a quiet, a quiet place, directed by yeah, Ricky, written by Brian Brian and Scott Beck. Well, one of them is called Brian Wood Scott Beck, or it's it's one of those two names, and putting them together in a reverse. Um, and it was also written by John Krasinski. Uh, originally, this was going to be a Cloverfield movie. I'm glad it's not, because I haven't really watched Cloverfield movies, but um, they were, and it's also Believe it or not, it is produced by Michael Bay, uh, so you can thank him for this movie because it is a platinum, platinum dooms movie. And John Krasinski did kind of like get his new, his new. Um, because I feel like there are some actors where like you saw them at one stage in their career, and then you they didn't you didn't see them for a while, and they were in a different movie where like they look totally different. And I feel like um when John Krasinski did Michael Bay's like Benghazi film, um he like. He came back into the the mainstream with like when when he was like jacked up and everything and he had his beard and everything. So um, just like when you see yeah. Evans in Captain America, you were like, oh shit, like this guy's totally different from when he was in Fantastic Four. <laughs> so um, so that's um, it seems like John Krasinski's on an up and up. Uh, it also stars him, his wife Emily Blunt. Uh, and it also stars Noah Jupe and Millicent Simmons. Um, all this cast is amazing. Uh, I don't know where where to start and where to end with this. Uh, even the kids were great. Um, I will just say one of the highlights for me um is the there are two scenes in this movie that are highlights for me for the whole entirety of the year, and um a couple and also in the other films that I forgot to mention. I'll mention them after this. Um, the first one for me was the staircase scene where she steps on the nail. And for me, that was just one of the most bone-chilling scenes I've ever seen. um, Yeah. And then the other one was the climax building. Spoiler alert. Um, where she has to, she's doing a certain act, and the family's trying to masquerade her noise with other noises. And the way that scene plays out is very, very beautiful, as 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 well as something that happens to John Krasinski's character, which I'm not gonna give away. But um, I'm talking about all these things in vague, but they're still spoilers in a way. So I'm just. And I think that right now, um, but something that happens to his character and with his children is very, also very, um, very emotional that I really enjoyed. Um, and they had a, this movie was filled with things that I'll just always remember. And um, yeah, it's like it. It also reminded me of Don't Breathe because I want to see the sequel to that movie, and I'm just that movie's taking so long to be made that I'm starting to worry really, if really <laughs> care it cares lot anymore. Um, but it had that vibe to it, and I loved it uh, really much, a lot. And um, with the Black Panther scene, the highlight for me in that film was when Killmonger exposes who he really is to the whole council. To me, that's one of the most... Oh, yeah. Um, because of the way it played out and the way... um, the, I just love the environment of that scene. I that To me, it was, like, very Game of Thrones-esque, and I really liked it because of the way Michael B. Jordan acted in that scene, and I was just like, ooh, like... Marvel, I I don't know, it like got me, you know what I mean. <laughs> and um, I just felt like it was a great scene. And um, back to a, a quiet place. Um, the obviously the the writing here, the the strengths in this film to me were the writing, the sound, the visual effects, um, used at its perfect potential, and um, and then some. And also the scene with him and. Emily Blunt, uh, when they were just sitting there and dancing, the real authenticity to it, because their husband and um wife, really pushed me in thinking that they could be the perfect uh, Mr. Fantastic and Invisible Woman for the MCU. Like, make it happen, Kevin Feige, please. Um, don't, uh, but I don't want John Krasinski to direct it. I just want him to be Mr. Fantastic in it. I want um, Emily Blunt to be the Invisible Woman. Um, but that's a whole other story. And uh, but yeah, overall I really loved the film. There were there weren't any weaknesses to the film for me at least. Um, it didn't feel slow at all or anything like that. Um, but I just wish there was more uh, on it. Like I mean, not more, but like I just wish I could have seen more of it uh, in that regards. So yeah, that's um, that's my review on that. And then what else? Vice. Um, to me, it's um, it's directed by Adam McKay, who you might know from Anchorman uh, fame and Talladega Nights fame and the other guys' fame. Uh, he also um, v- he also recently wrote uh, and directed The Big Short, which uh, which was an amazing film, um, starring some of the people that are in this movie, uh, such as Christian Bale, who he's working with again, uh Steve Carell who he's working with again, uh Amy Adams, Sam Rockwell who joins the cast, and um Tyler Perry. Uh the story was very, very well crafted. screens for me were the script, the performances, the direction, uh, the weakness for me was that it was a little bit too long, um, and at the end, I don't know. For me personally, he was beating it over the head with what he was trying to do with Dick Cheney at the very end when he was like, you know, addressing the camera. Um, and that's when I felt like yeah. kind of being pulled out of the movie a little bit because um, it was really long, and then like he just kept. I felt like he was dragging that out. But um, nonetheless, other than that, I felt like it was a perfect movie. I loved it. Um, I loved Christian Bale's performance. I loved the way it was shot, and I loved the narrative. I love the narrative structure that Adam McKay tells and the way he tells yeah, yeah, yeah. and the way he explains stuff is really cool. Um, and Jesse Plemons is also in it. I love Jesse Plemons. And I'm glad that he continues to get work. He's one of my favorite actors. And I'm so sad that he's not more in the mainstream. And, um, and yeah, like I love the fact that he was in it. Cause I just loved him as an actor. And, uh, <laughs> he was also one of those like childhood actors growing up that I just loved him in general. Um, and yeah, I guess like that's um my review on that one was I just love the movie for Vice and I remember when you gave me like your thoughts on it, I was like, Man, I can't wait to see this fucking movie. I, I think you had seen it beforehand, um, so I I was really going into it excited. And then um I replaced Isle of Dogs I'll throw in Isle of Dogs anyways. I love the movie. Um and Oh yeah. And Love I, it. i that's been my honorable mentions, but I also want I put it on the list so I'm just gonna mention it anyways. And then searching um, starring John Cho, Deborah Messing, uh, and I think it's directed by a guy named Nima Nurahausen or something like that. I don't know how to say his last name. All I know is that his first name is Nima. So um, he is the way... This, first of all, I'm going to praise the strength of this movie, which is the, the narrative structure. All this whole movie takes place on screen. Uh, and that's how we get this movie taking place through, uh, which is a very—it's like a modern day Blair Blair Witch type of thing. Where, I mean, it wasn't just a gimmick. The story was really good as well. So I'm also pleasing the writing, the acting, the direction. Um, was was on point in, in all fronts of um the the story. And I loved everything re- yeah. of it. I love the mystery aspect to it. Um, I took Abel to go see this movie because I told him that he needed to watch it, and he loved it. And uh, yeah. I just love the whole mystery crime thriller aspect to it and John Cho was amazing in it. And uh, yeah. yeah, it
2: was something it, it was a type of movie that hadn't like haven't done in the type of like horror yeah. type thing, but uh it, it hadn't really been perfected on uh, uh in a way that and it wasn't utilized in the way it was with searching. Searching did really, really good job. Really strong movie. Um strong acting by uh John Cho, right? right uh right. Yeah, I, it, the movie, and then it threw me for a loop. Uh, I was like, oh, "Okay." Like uh, by the end of the movie, I was sold on it. I was like, "Okay, this is great. This is this is good. This
1: is great. It, really, it was really enjoyable to watch. Just I was imagine, not expecting. I could just imagine you are yeah. going, "Damn, this is a good
2: ass movie." <laughs> yeah. 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 I was sitting there, and I was like, I like by the like near the end of the movie, I was like, "Oh, damn, this is this is actually a good movie." Yeah. Like, what?
1: <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, they've marketed this movie terribly because it does look like a Lifetime oh, yeah. movie. I'm not gonna lie, um, but uh, I don't know how to say like it's still like if it is Lifetime, then it's Lifetime and it's highest quality. Uh, but other than that, like I really do love the movie. Um, one of my favorites of the year. Uh, yeah, and then also going back to Vice, Steve Carell had one of the most funniest lines in it, and it wasn't really a word that he said; it was the reaction. And you watch the movie. Christian Bale says something to him, and he says like, "Oh, we need as the government, we need to have a purpose or something of the sort." And then Steve Carell just starts fucking laughing and closes the door in his face. And um, I loved his reaction to it because it felt like very Michael Scott esque, but it was like like when Steve Carell is kind of like acting like a dick a little bit. Um, but yeah. he's laughing at him, and I think that was funny because he just started laughing, and I and I and the way he reacted to it was just. Really and um and then Avengers the Infinity War a highlight for me was um, Peter Parker interacting with anybody because he was like the youngest gun and obviously the ending and uh, Josh Brolin's breakdown scene where he tears up um because the fact that you see a giant purple alien tearing up it was like if if like Darth Vader didn't have the mask on I feel like this is what he would have done when he saw Luke and stuff like this like he would have felt like this um. If he did take off the mask before Return of the Jedi, spoiler alert. Um, But I did love his – I loved that scene with him in Gamora. And I loved when the Avengers met the Guardians. And I also loved the Thor return um, in Wakanda and obviously the dusting scene, which was the best part uh, for me. And those were, like, the highlights for me in that film. Searching for me, the highlight was mostly, like, the unraveling of the rest of the mystery, where as soon as that one line is said, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a line said which really, like, kicks the... It kind of, like, exposes the twist of the whole film. And um, at first, when I saw the twist, I was like, how did I not see this coming? You know what I mean? And I felt so stupid. Yeah. But I was like, this is such, like... Like, how, like, it's like, how did I not see this coming? Like, I should have known from the get. And, like, after you do watch, after you do know what the, how the movie ends, if you go back and watch it, there's so many little Easter eggs where they expose the whole movie throughout. You just don't really see it until, like, the, it's because, like, it's like the, the, the stuff on the screen is, like, it's like a distraction because you're trying to pay attention to the performances when you first see it. But go back and watch that movie. It has such rewatchability factor to it, and I loved it. Um, but yeah so mm. do you have any like any additional thoughts you wanted to add to any of uh, my list?
2: Um... no dude it's just all this I mean like I agree like everything you said is in my top 25
1: right I know like all these movies well, I mentioned like they're all great I don't
2: know, they're all great. no yeah no absolutely like you said there's a generic but I mean I wouldn't necessarily call it generic I mean Marvel when like people want to say like, oh you put Marvel movies I mean
1: yeah.
2: dude I mean the fact that Black Panther is getting this Oscar recognition here I mean it's insane like in the it's I mean like it's unheard of so I mean and it desert, and it, it deserves it uh so yeah so yeah I mean like it, there, there's no generic to it I mean like it's it's they're good movies like they're they're well made movies uh, and sure, sure there was some uh, emotional stuff behind the two but I mean. They're two really well-made movies, and you can't deny that. Right. Um, so, yeah. No, man, good. Solid, solid life. Uh
1: And also, I wanted to mention, like, the controversy be, um, behind, uh, like, the Black Panther stuff, and let's say something like a, uh, like, uh, like a Star one stuff, too, like, the fact that, Cause well since we're trans since we're done with like the list and everything we'll be transitioning into like Oscar talk which is this but um really quickly before we get into it um some honorable mentions for me are mid nineties directed by Jonah Hill um Halloween directed by David Gordon Green and Man of the Wasp Peyton Reed eighth grade Bo Burnham I love this film it was a great film Venom I I just wanted to have fun so now that's directed by Ruben Fleischer uh bumblebee which was actually a really good film i came into it uh skeptic uh but i left amazed making me happy hailey steinfeld i want her to marry me one day um and i want to be married to her one day and uh i think travis knight directed that (laughs) he (laughs) laughed and um black clansman um is also one for me uh incredible too i love that film uh it's obviously now behind spider man in the spider-verse in terms of like it's recognition because if that movie didn't come out, then you best believe Incredibles two would have gone all the place. Uh, Searching. Uh, well, I don't know why I put that back on my thing, but let's get that one. Ready Player One. Uh, I love that film. All the nostalgia and everything directed by the great Steven Spielberg, one of the best, fil- the best filmmaker of of life, uh, in my opinion. Um and three two. Uh, ball- uh, I don't know if I said this, but The bus- the Ballad of Buster Scruggs is a great film. I know it's on Netflix, but some of these films on Netflix you got to give a shot to because they are actually, the quality of them are starting to rise. And um, no matter what, eventually the Oscars are going to have to recognize it with the way Roma's being nominated. And, um, yeah, they're going
2: to get, right. Roma's going to get nominated for Best Picture this year. You
1: got to. That's
2: going to be the first. <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah. The Oscars really gotta change their opinion on streaming services. You got people like the Cohen brothers directing great films over there. You got Martin Scorsese coming there next year to release the Irishman. Um so they can't be doing that for a lot for that long. Creed two, directed by Stephen Cable Junior. Um Crazy Rich Asians directed by John M. Chu. And Deadpool Two, directed by David Leach. Um, these are my honorable mentions. Uh did you have any um that you wanted to throw in there or any of your honorable mentions?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, ben is back uh, with Julia Roberts and Lucas Hedges, uh, directed by Peter Hedges. Uh, I got Tully, which is, uh, I don't know who's directed it, it, directed by, I got you, Charlie Theron is, uh, that's, a, that's Charlie Theron, Theron and Mackenzie right. Davis. And then uh, Jason Rittman, uh directed it. Uh from there, I have what was, uh, Juliet Naked, one of them on the radio. It's with Ethan Hawke and uh, Rose Byrne, along with Chris O'Dowell. Um, if you don't know who Chris O'Dowell is, he's the guy from Bridesmaids, uh, Maids, the cop that everyone loves. Yeah.
1: I, I, I saw him on um, the program, the Lance Armstrong biopic. I don't know if, I know that didn't come out in America, but damn, Ben Foster in that film, Jesus Christ. Les man should have been novel. Yeah. He was so Lance Armstrong in that film, dude. I love that film. That's
2: how I Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, what else? Uh, Isle of Dogs was great. I loved that movie. So funny. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'll throw in Spider-Man and First Man.
1: My boy Damien Chazelle. Uh oh, Didn't he get love at the Kirk's Choice? Like, his shit was still nominated, though.
2: I mean, he didn't. Nothing. Only First Man only got nominated one for one thing in the Golden Globes. And it won that one thing. And it's yeah. rightfully so. It has the best score of the year. I listen to it all the time. Um, But, yeah, no, I love First Man. I got it at number six. It's right there with Mission Impossible. I I loved First Man, but I I hate, I absolutely hate that it's not getting uh, the recognition that it deserves. Right. Especially with Damien Giselle's directing. Um, Very intimate movie, very claustrophobic. It's really, really great, though.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, So, okay, I have bad news. Yes, it's 12 o'clock where I am, and I have to get up morning.
1: That's fine, man. Well, we got through the top five like I wanted to, and uh, I'm glad that you can join me for this, uh, for the list. No, up. thank you. And uh, yeah. as you said, guys, check us out, and we'll see you next time. All
2: right. Keep Thanks, on. man. All right. Have a wonderful evening.